everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, welcome everyone to today's episode of the podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me today for this very special conversation with Kate Stewart of Bobble Stockings. Before we dive in, I wanted to share some really exciting updates over here at HSDT. We have a lot going on, and if this is your first time joining us, welcome. If this is your 76th episode plus bonus episodes, if you've been around for it all, well, let me know because I want to send you a little something, and I am so glad that you've stuck around and you've continued to listen to HSDT. My favorite thing, something I'm so excited about, and gosh, you guys, welcome. Welcome to our first episode of December. I cannot believe that we are reaching the end of the year. There's so much to come for both the podcast, for myself personally. It's so exciting. And I continue every Tuesday to have the same excitement around the podcast and all that we're doing here as I did on day one, June 8th, 2020. Okay, so we have a lot coming up and I'm so happy that you're on board. Uh, A little bit more about that. I hope that you all were able to see over the last few weeks, we had some exciting bonus episodes. For instance, we had our happy Thanksgiving 2021. Thankful for you. If this is your first time listening and you are curious as to who this voice is speaking, Speaking to you. Perhaps you're familiar with Kate and you would like to know who else we've had on the podcast. Well, that's going to be a great episode for you to listen to because we actually go back. I share a little bit of the behind the scenes of other guests that we've welcomed on. So Alex Snodgrass, Nicola Bathy, uh, gosh, Morgan Hutchinson of Buru, Joy Egrets reed to name a few. We have incredible guests as early as last week. Inslee Ferris joined me. I mean, the list goes on and on. And even more recently with a Friday Favorites episode, Stephanie Covington of A Life Well Saved joined me. We talked all things Instagram. We are continuing to highlight women that I find so interesting. And I love getting to ask questions like I do with Kate today as to how they have done XYZ and then being able to have these conversations in a place that you can go back and listen to them again and again, share in their wisdom, learn from their mistakes, and perhaps put into play, put into practice some of the lessons they share. Well, that's all I could hope or ask for. And you guys, if you're curious as to how you can continue to support HSDT, my hope is that this podcast truly becomes a business and something that I can do long term. Go ahead and check out Linktree slash Emily Landers. You'll see my LTK, Emily's edits, and options to support HSDT, both in a one-time gift as well as becoming a monthly supporter. Well, you guys, now that we have all of that fun stuff out of the way, I have to brag on Kate for a second. This conversation is one I've been so eager to share. And it's coming out at a really, really great time because towards the end of the episode, you're going to hear Kate talk about an event that she's hosting in New York, a luncheon, highlighting her collaboration with Nikki Hilton at Saks. Kate is currently in New York, so if you're not following her, you're going to want to go and check out her stories. She has had an amazing week. Not only is that luncheon happening, but yesterday something really fun happened. I noticed someone jumped on stories and highlighted bobble stockings and the collaboration. Uh, I want to add in a little drum roll. (laughs) 
It was Kris Jenner. Kris Jenner jumped on stories and highlighted Kate's collaboration with Nikki. And it's just so fun to see the hard work of someone like Kate and, of course, the women she's supporting back in Haiti get the spotlight that they deserve. So to be able to see that yesterday was so much fun. On the eve of today's episode, what could be more appropriate? You all are going to love hearing the behind the scenes of all things bobble stockings, and you're going to enjoy hearing more about Kate's story, which includes travel, quite a few different roles, and a lot of hard work. Here is Kate Stewart on How'd She Do That? Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest Kate Stewart is the founder of the popular brand Bobble Stockings. Timeless, whimsical, and a treasure you'll keep forever, Bobble Stockings are extra special for each person, and it's sure to be an heirloom you'll love and look forward to its tradition each year. Growing up in Atlanta, Kate's mom always received the last gift of Christmas as a thank you for all she'd done that year, and it or a clue to it, was found in her needlepoint stocking that hung on their tree. Kate set out to share this special family tradition as a newlywed and found little inspiration online and decided to take matters into her own hands by creating bobble stockings. Kate's passion for serving others is highlighted through the company's Give Back model. In 2018, they moved their production to a community of single moms in Haiti. Since then, the community has built a school for over 120 children, many of whom will be the first person in their family to be able to complete high school. Kate and her team are honored to be able to provide good jobs in a country where jobs are hard to come by. When Kate isn't brainstorming a new design for one of their needlepoint kits, overseeing her team, or speaking with women like myself, she is likely spending time with her family, which includes her husband and two children, a son and a daughter. Kate, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you for hosting me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, likewise, I have been so eager. There's so many pieces of your story that I am so curious about. So I can't wait to hear it from your mouth and from your experience as to how you have launched such an impressive business. And I kind of love to just dive in with guests right off the bat and hear from you. Uh, Maybe we go back. Maybe tell us a little bit about your upbringing and perhaps where you ended up going to school. I was raised in Atlanta, which is where I am now in Sandy Springs, and I went to Florida State University in Tallahassee. Oh my goodness. And what did you major in during that season of life? What did you think you were stepping into post-grad? I studied public relations with the intention of thinking I was going to be a party planner. Oh. Um, and I really thought that like companies hired fun, bubbly girls to put on all these <laughs> great events. And I would party for those who didn't like to party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and is that what kind of came to fruition post-grad? What, what did it look no. like? Um, right after graduation, I took a I took a trip around the world, so I took six months off and just traveled by myself. Oh wow! Um, and the, and I, the time I was like thinking I was making, um, I I was I was not doing myself a favor. Like I was thinking like I should be jumping into my career right now, but I I need to get this travel bug out, which is <laughs> you know so funny now because I'm like wow that was a once in a lifetime trip. 
Um, and then I came back and I started, I got to work at a bakery Um, and I was running a bakery. So that was very different. Yes. Very different than what you would have maybe expected. So you are traveling the world, uh, right off the bat. What, what did people think of you traveling solo? Cause you just mentioned that was a trip by yourself. Um, I don't know if people were surprised or not. I kept a blog and it was called worldwidekate.com, like worldwide web. Oh um, and pretty much that's how my like mom kept up with me. And then <laughs> luckily a girl I'd grown up riding horses with in, uh, in Conyers, Georgia kept, she was a CPA uh, oh. and she kept up with my blog at her desk job. And when I came home, she introduced me to my husband. So oh my God. It was totally worth it. Um, traveling by myself. I'm kind of laughing now because it's like, I was 22 when I did that, and I wow. don't know if I'd be as brave. Right. Oh, yeah. I was taking night trains through Egypt, and I just – I oh, don't know about that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, th- this is right off the bat exciting and probably not exactly <laughs> where you thought we may go, but I do need to know. Can you can you tell us a little bit what where did you go? Because you just mentioned Egypt, and I actually wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> <laughs> so I started in New Zealand. It, it, I went – instead of – some people like to travel and study one place you know, extensively. I am a dabbler. Yeah. I like <laughs> a, to order a lot of appetizers. Um, <laughs> So I did New Zealand, Australia, Japan, China, Russia, Egypt, Greece, Turkey, Denmark, Sweden, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Belgium. I, I might start relisting things. Portugal, oh Morocco. Gosh. I mean, everywhere. Once I got to Europe, it was just, a, you know, it was an easy jet or a Ryanair flight away. It was a whirlwind. So some places I was only there for a week and some places I was there for well, I guess I was in Australia for like a month. Gosh. Hard to get back there now with small kids. Yes, yes, with small kids and with all that's unfolded in the last year. How lucky are you to have been able to <laughs> to dive in and just, it's so fun right off the bat. Many of my guests, many of my listeners uh, enjoy hearing kind of this seasonal life for guests and perhaps you're listening and maybe that's something you want to dive into. Maybe you're a recent grad. Well, wow, Kate can say well, it. I- it can be done. I think that, so I had worked since I was 15 Wow! and I'd, I'd had this job and I'd had this separate bank account because my parents gave me like an, a lot, like I had like an allowance. Right. And, but I just, I always felt the need to work. So when I was graduating, I had, it's really funny to think about now. I sat my parents down at the dinner table and I said, okay, I'm graduating and I'm going to go around the world. And my parents <laughs> were like, how much, how much do you have saved? And I was like, $8,000. And they were like, have you looked at plane tickets? <laughs> and so my parents, who my dad did business in foreign countries, so we had all these sky miles. Oh. As my graduation gift, he gave me a Delta round the world ticket. You can buy wow. a ticket that has like eight destinations and they just have to go in the same direction. They still have it. I checked the other day. Oh um, my God. And then you can buy plane tickets in between on Ryanair EasyJet. So that was like the ultimate graduation gift was my plane ticket. And I just had to cover my hostels and food and all of that stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, yes, you are the gift guide queen because I don't know that I even knew that that was a possibility. So again, listener, you're thinking about graduation gifts or perhaps you have a graduate coming to be. Take note from Kate. That sounds like a fun one. Oh my goodness. Well, it's so cool to hear about just 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 fun things that we wouldn't know, you know, getting to know you on social media or checking out bobble stockings. These are things we wouldn't know. So thank you. It's so fun to to think about you just flying around the world and too it really shows a lot about your personality, which I'm excited to continue to to get to know. Uh, tell us this: What did it look like for you to return? You returned, and you're at this bakery. What are you thinking is is next for you in that season of life? I have a habit of 
becoming the COO at companies, no matter how small oh. the company. So, so I had taken like in, in high school, I had helped my horse trainer. So I grew up riding horses. So I had helped my horse trainer until I became like her admin, you uh-huh. know, helping organize. And then my brother's, uh, my brother's wife had a jewelry company. And so I was the organizer there. So at the bakery, I did the same. I was supposed to be there for an hourly job. Somehow I ended up taking over the whole, all of the marketing, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is really kind of people um, and, and, and trusting of them. But I I have, I have kind of a a good work ethic, whether, Mm. whether I'm the smartest person in the room is debatable, but I am definitely (laughs) one of the hardest working. (laughs) That's so So, so running the bakery, I kind of just, I, I was working there and I just want to get off the ground. It's not, I was living with my parents. I didn't, it was 2008. So you didn't feel bad about living with your yes. parents. You know, like everyone was. Yes. Um, and then I met my husband who was my, my, my boyfriend, I guess. And, and he, it made life easy. Right. I worked at the bakery. Uh. I had my boyfriend and like, <laughs> and then it was time to do something else. You know, you do a year somewhere and then you're like, all right, what should we do next? Yes. So what was it? What was next? I worked at Jenny Craig for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> now was that well? Now well, that's polar opposite, isn't it? Bakery to, <laughs> to Jenny Craig. What oh. was that? What was the thought process there, though? Were you just I looking will, for something new? I had lost thirty pounds on Jenny Craig. Oh my so god! Like I love Jenny Craig. Like if you, if you if anybody needs like a good push, I'm like it was it was good for that season of life. Yes. Um, so I worked there for two weeks, and then I was like, I am not meant to be here. This is not yeah. it. Um, it was very corporate. Very these are your hours, and this is what like I just it turned out like behind the curtains. I didn't. I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Um. And so from there, but it was funny because I had to write all of like my baker, like all the chefs that I worked for at the bakery. I wrote them all letters, you know, like goodbye letter, like notes. And I like told them like, if you ever need help, I'm at Jenny Craig on Cobb Parkway. <laughs> you were already getting clients. That's I, mean, I, I announced it to every chef. <laughs> that, is, that is so funny, Kate. Oh um, my gosh. So from there, I went, I became a grant writer for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, somewhere in there. Oh my gosh. That, wow. That's super rewarding. I mean, that's probably where some of my charitable give back component comes from is because working in a foundation there and seeing the need. Yeah. Um, and, and being a great writer, such a small, like I was in the office, right? Like I wasn't in the hospitals every day, but I I got to spend some time in the hospitals and Mm. you just learn like those families are going through so much more than just their kid being sick, you know, the financial difficulties. Um, so it really kind of probably led me down that path. And then from there, um, I moved to Panama for two years and I ran a study abroad where I had been an intern before. Oh, my <laughs> so I took over that company for a while. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then I came home and I was my dad's admin. Um, uh, my dad has a small business and his, his admin for like most of my life, she was 72 and she found love on the internet. Oh, a very specific religious group, which I can't remember now, but it was like <laughs> a very specific Christian ministry yes. um, dating website. Oh. And she found the love of her life, Lars, and he was in Colorado. So she had to get married and move away. Oh so my. I took her job. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me this, because you mentioned earlier, you, you had a boyfriend at the bakery season and we already know, spoiler alert, he becomes your <laughs> husband. What's happening in this season of life when you're working for your dad? With, with personally, with your personal life? Oh, so Peter and I got married when I worked for Children's, oh. um, which was great. So we got married then, and then I moved to Panama for two years, which I'm going to tell you marital advice for anyone getting married. Do not get married and then move to a foreign country without your spouse. 
<laughs> really, I wish that I could take those two years back um, um, exponentially. And, yeah. and Peter is very kind about it. And he's like, look, if you had never gone, you would have always wondered and you would have thought I held you back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, looking back, I really should have taken everyone else's advice and stayed. <laughs> so, so, so Peter now, Peter does what my dad does. So Peter and my dad actually work together. So at one point until I left full-time to do bobble stockings, it was in my dad's office was Peter, um, his business partner, Lance, myself, and my dad. Oh, wow. And my babies. So both my babies came to work with me until they were a year old. Oh my gosh. How amazing. (laughs) First of all, such a family dynamic there. Um, And so many, like, I just am loving getting to know you and so many little elements, even the Panama connect. It's like, wait, what? That's crazy. But there is a theme here and I'm already seeing that it's going to come into play with all that you've done, but it's it's really interesting to me, and I want to know your thoughts on this, that like you've said, every kind of role you have stepped into, even if it was an admin position, even if it was, like you said, meant to be just an hourly role, you somehow find yourself very much in that leadership position and overseeing things. What, where do you think that comes from? Because you mentioned earlier as well, you have such an amazing work ethic is that just in you? Can you credit that to something? Oh gosh, you know, um, <laughs> it would be it would be an interesting case study. I am an ENTJ. <laughs> if you're into Myers Briggs, okay, um, yes, which is very much a a leadership type person. I'm also a seven. If you're an Enneagram person, in totally yes. Um, but I and my love language is acts of service. Let's just put everything on the table. Yes. Um, so I'm a doer just by nature. Um, I was on, like, to be honest with y'all, I was, I was diagnosed with ADD when I was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. And I was put on medication for it um, from when I was 12 to 24, I was on medication. Yeah. Um, and for me, like, for me, it was not, I don't think it was the right thing to do. I, I took myself off of it at 24 and, and mm. haven't looked back. Wow. Um, but that probably also in, instilled some work ethic in me being on concentration medication. Yes. Um, and and I kind of learned how to work during that time. I had an organizational tutor in seventh grade. Yeah. He taught me how to study. Yeah. Um, so I had, I mean, not to get too like therapist on you, but but <laughs> I had, I mean, I probably had a chip on my shoulder from when I was younger, not being able to keep up. And then once I learned the tools to keep up, I've I've kind of overexerted myself and made sure that Mm. we're on top of things. Wow. Well, thank you. I I think that can resonate with a lot of people just thinking back on once you have the tools and then, you know, like you said, chip on your shoulder, but, but really a hardworking, I mean, for you to already have kind of shared just all of the different roles. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm over here tallying it up. I'm like, that was an hourly role. And yet she's kind of overseeing this. She's overseeing that. She's overseeing this. It's no wonder that at some point, and I'm excited to hear when this might be, you finally realized you were meant to run something. I mean, that's kind of what's <laughs> comical to me as I'm hearing all these different entities. I'm like, yeah, you needed your own business all along. <laughs> well, and I think so many entrepreneurs, you know, you hear that, well, if you weren't doing this, you'd be, you'd be starting some other company. And I will say for me, like, this is it. This is my baby. Like, yeah. this is, yeah. I don't have other great ideas. Um, <laughs> I just, I love what I'm doing. And I've, I did, I have worked for so many people that it is, it is nice to be in the role. Like I have my first employees now and I kind of feel like I'm a pretty good boss. Yeah. 
because I kind of like, I can, you know, you can always list like, well, I didn't really like that about that company or I didn't really like, yes. like how that worked or whatever. And I think we're finding a pretty good balance of kind of, of, of what, what it takes to be a boss. Mm. It's not as easy as maybe I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but my employees sure do make it easy. They're all very nice. <laughs> well, like you said too, it, it's just, it's a, such a great encouragement for anyone who's listening and, and has hopes of someday starting their own business. You're, you're pulling from your experiences and you're able to recognize, love that, hated that, never going to do that, totally want to do that. <laughs> and so it's cool. It's encouraging for those of you, yeah, who are in a role and you're like, okay, I don't think this is going to be forever. Well, just take it all in, you know, know that as you're stepping into different seasons, you take and you learn from each one. So, okay. I I'm excited. I've got to hear about this because at this point you are, I think maybe a mom of two to, or, or, or backtrack for us. How did you find the path towards towards this? How, how did you find the path towards Bobble and, and what did those early stages kind of look like? It's kind of a wild thing. So so in 2010, Peter and I got engaged around Christmas and I asked him about when I got my bobble stocking. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know what? The good presents come in. And he didn't know what I was talking about. So, so that's when I found out bobble stockings were not a universal. Right. Um, yes. So tell us, tell us a little so, bit more about that. Yes. So then fast forward. Um, and, and even when I was in Panama, I was like kind of telling people like, if I ever had a company, this is what my company would be. I hung out with a lot of entrepreneurs down there and, and that was kind of like my pie in the sky. Like if I ever do this. So I left there in 2000, in September of 2014, and I came home and worked for my dad and I had Brianna in 2015, like end of 2015, Mm. my first search for manufacturers started in May of 2016. So I'd been home. I had a one, one-year-old, um, almost one-year-old oh. and started to search for manufacturers. Oh and, my it, God. and then it took me about a year to find um, who I thought would be my first manufacturer. So in March of 2017, I went to China, who I thought was going to be my team. And I was pregnant with Calder uh-huh. and, I, and my husband and I went and we found out we couldn't meet the stitchers which for me was just a no-go because my product's 100% hand-stitched. Wow. And and I kind of encourage all, whatever somebody's buying, like think about who's who who touched it and think about why is why are they not showing pictures of them? Like if it's a handmade yes. product, there should be some photos. Yes. Um, and so I, I kind of knew immediately like this is not going to happen. Absolutely. And, but, but what am I going to do? So I spent a year, I got home from there and I spent a year searching for fair trade partners. Mm. And I knew I wanted to do fair trade because of it being handmade. Um, and I, having small kids, it's like, I just feel this, I want to teach them to treat people with respect. Mm. And I, I don't think that I could consciously think like, it's one thing to be respectful, like, you know, to my neighbors in Atlanta. Right. But I also need to be respectful of whoever's making this wherever they are in the world. Right. Um, because they're people too. So yeah. So that was my my calling there. So it took me a full year and I found Good Threads, Needlepoint, and Haiti. Mm. And that, I mean, like I could go on and we could do a whole podcast. I should tell you about <laughs> David. David should do a podcast. He's just phenomenal. Like their team, I went down there after after emailing them. I flew down there with a photographer and a videographer and we were just blown away. We had a, um, we had a translator who we mm. interviewed these women. Most of our team has about a second or third grade education. Most of the mm. women on our team. Wow. And things like I'm respected here, I'm treated fairly, I'm paid fairly, 
all of these things come out of their mouth. There's no training, you know, there's no like, mm. you will say this. And the more I know David, the more I know he he is not organized enough to try and put the good people in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, David has named two pe- two kids in the community. Like oh. that's how much he's respected. So it's just one of those, like, I could not feel better about this. We even left, I left there. I had not sold any bobble stockings at this point in time. And I came to my investors who, yes, are my parents. Uh, and I said, <laughs> okay, guys, I took the photographer and the videographer down there so we could start branding bobble stockings. But instead, we, can I use your money, since I have none, can I use your <laughs> money to rebrand Good Threads and do their logo and do a video for them and do photography for them? And they were like, why? And I was like, because one, I think that this team should succeed even if I don't work with them. Wow. Because they are that amazing. Wow. And two, I think that I can succeed hand in hand with them. And I want to make sure that we keep them on the same playing field. Wow. And my team, my, my parents who are the coolest people ever said, yeah, do it, do it. And so that's kind of how we all started. And now we we're more than we're the majority of their work. Now wow. um, the stockings are, and we employ, they started with 82 stitchers when we went down there. And now we have over 600. Over 600. <laughs> Okay, that was not the number. (laughs) That was not the number I thought you were about to say from eighty-two. Just guys, she said eighty-two, and then she said (laughs) six (laughs) hundred. Oh my gosh, Kate! Well, it's it's amazing to to hear the well. First of all, like you said, I love that you were, and you said it so eloquently, guys. A little pause and rewind moment. Just the encouragement of yeah, if you're outsourcing this to a team. Yeah, be able to see who they are. Be, and and gosh, to be able to meet them, to be able to go and meet these women and to see what work you've provided for them. Um, but also just even the tangible element of of your story coming to life. Um, can you tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit more about the bobble stocking? And I know that your parents are very much um, involved in this story. It was something that was really heartfelt and sweet for your mom. Who made this up? And maybe what's a memory from childhood about this bobble stocking that you would remember it later on in life and want to base a whole company around it? <laughs> so bobble stocking, uh, just just how I sum it up when I'm pitching it is a bobble stocking is an ornament size needlepoint stocking. It fits about the size of your hand and it goes on the tree and it's meant to contain or hold a clue to your final gift of Christmas. Mm. Not the most expensive gift, but the most thoughtful, the one that makes you feel like warm and fuzzy and thought of. Mm. Um, and, and maybe that goes back to my acts of service love language is like, I love, I love that. I love that, yeah. that this gift is, is representative of like, of trying to pay attention to someone. Mm. Um, and so growing up, my mom is a big needle pointer and she did not have like the boy, my brothers and I had, had stockings that hung on the mantle that she had needle pointed, but my dad and my mom did not have, have big stockings. <laughs> so my mom had needle pointed this little stocking with these little Scottish terriers on it um, that hung oh. on their tree, but it was just a, a needle point project she had done. Yeah. And I guess one year before I can remember, because I don't remember there ever being Christmas without it. Um, my dad put a gift in there and asked my mom, like, have you looked in your bobble stocking or or have you looked in your stocking? Uh She said, I don't have a stocking. And he said the one on the tree Uh and she found something. I have no idea what he did the first year, but he must've liked her reaction because (laughs) it became a thing. And the reason it was called her bobble stocking moving forward was dad said on a good year, it's a bobble, which is a piece of jewelry. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and jewelry does fit very nicely. We are in a lot of high-end jewelry stores. <laughs> <laughs> and 
But the thing for me, I guess what stuck out the most is I can tell you a lot of the great gifts that my dad and my brothers and I came up with for my mom. Hmm. But I remember shopping with my dad and brothers for the gift. And like as the only girl, I was the youngest child. Hmm. I was the only girl. And my dad was like, you're I don't know why I think it's so funny, but I think of him as like a 90s dad. Like he had like the big car phone. And he was always working, <laughs> you know, like he was just yes. doing things. Yes. And uh, and so it was like this fun memory of just being with him and trying to do something nice for my mom. Mm. Um, and so that was and there's the, the anticipation of her opening it. And so it's it's really fun now that people do it for their kids and for their husbands. Like it's, it's really expanded so much. Mm. And the fact that everyone gets to leave Christmas feeling like they were really seen. I think that's the biggest part of it for me is like, I have so many people run up to me and tell me you're, you know, the bobble stocking made our Christmas because you do, you leave with a warm and fuzzy feeling when you open it. Mm. Well, it's, it's just, it's so sweet. And to know that, thank you to know the story behind it. Um, I just can't imagine what it must feel like to have a tradition that's so close and so dear to your heart and to your memories, and then to hear other families have adopted it. I mean, it's one thing I think when you get married and you you know adopt um, in, you know your in-laws or your husband or your wife's um, you know traditions, but for you, I mean, you've got customers that are implementing a tradition from your childhood into their life. That's crazy. I don't think I've had a a guest on that has that kind of um, influence with their product. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of blown away over here. Well, thank you. It's, it's been really fun because everyone does it a little bit differently. And I do get DMs all the time going, I'm stumped on a bobble stocking present for this age kid or that. And like, I love it. Like, tell me a little bit about that, that kid or or that person. And I can come up with a list. And sometimes it does take an outsider, like looking in to be like, Oh, have you heard about this? And especially because I've got my finger on the pulse of like every, every product. I I know so many great small businesses that it's like, I don't, I just, I love it. Mm. I, I love being a part of people's Christmas. And I love that people they do know me by name. Like mm. I do show my face on stories probably too much. I should wear more makeup. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but people do, they feel comfortable emailing me or calling me or shooting me a DM mm. to talk about filling a bobble stocking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, for good reason. I mean, it's so smart. The the pieces that you have put out, they're so beautiful. They're so fun. Um, but gosh, let's take us back. So it's fun to kind of pop back to where we were in the story and in your storyline. You're actually beginning the launch, but lo and behold, you've taken uh, some of your investment money and you're actually highlighting uh, the people who are going to be making these products. What did it look like to show them what you wanted the stockings to look like? How many did you get? What did what what did the launch look like? I mean, it's fun to think about you doing this, and I'm just so curious how how often you needed to be in Haiti, all, all that jazz. Oh, this is a this is a funny thing. So our first year we sold 633 stockings. Wow, that was like the whole first year. This year we'll sell 13,000 stockings. Wow. <laughs> Oh so, my. so David, David, who is my partner in Haiti and we are, we, he basically, he's my wholesale partner, right? Like he's my manufacturer technically, like what good threads is to me is they're like my manufacturing partner, but then we are 50, 50 partners on our full size stockings that came out this year. And wow. David and I have like this very, I've interviewed him before. Um, if he gets, he's staying with me this weekend, hopefully if he can make his flights. Uh-huh. Um, 
And we just have this really great relationship. Mm. But he took a risk. I mean, everything, David, like first, I was the first person that had ever flown to Haiti to be like, I have to meet you. Wow. Um, and he was like, okay, come on down. And he did not, he did not whine and dine us. That's not David's style. Like we showed up and he was like, you're here. And I was like, do you have any food? (laughs) 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 Um, but David is like a a friend of mine now. Like I kind of, he's like a brother, right? Like, um, and so at first, like they met me and they were just like, who is this American woman? You know, and they called them the boots. So my stockings in, in Creole, they call them boots. Oh, and they're just making cute. a lot of these boots. Oh, um, cute. And they had no idea. You know, when they first started sewing, I mean, I wasn't ordering a ton of stockings. Yeah. Like it wasn't an insane amount. Um, and they were having to learn. Like David was having to find a tailor to finish them. The finishing part is the most challenging part. Wow. Um, and that's like sewing together the stocking and putting the cord on the top. Um, so David's trying to like figure stuff out and put this investment in it, but he has no idea where this could take us. Right. Um, and I'm saying, you know, like this is ordinary. So then I say, you know, I want to rebrand your company. I want, I want to <laughs> redo the loan, which is kind of insu- like, I, if somebody came in and said that to me, I'd be like, are you kidding? But <laughs> David was like, yes, like you, David is not, not to call myself bougie by any stretch, <laughs> but like. David is typically barefoot. Like if David and I went on Shark Tank together, he might show up in flip-flop. He was like, I think you probably get our customers better. Like you probably have a better vision for like what kind of the logo needs to look like or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was really open and receptive to me from the beginning. Mm. And I was very much like, how can I work? You know, like when I found out that certain things are hard, like stitching with metallic thread. Wow. Metallic thread is like shiny thread. Yep. Turns out, it can make your fingers bleed. Oh my god! If gosh. you're stitching with it, and they wow. didn't tell me this. Oh wow! Until randomly in casual conversation, he's like, "Yeah, those are hard because." Da-da. And I said, "Then we're going to stop stitching with it." You know, yes. <laughs> I I'm not here to like put anyone through pain, right? Um, oh my and gosh. so we have kind of this mutual thing. Like he's starting to learn. Like I'm not going to get upset if they say this is too hard. Right. We'll find another way. Yeah. Um, so we have the very mutual relationship. People ask me if I go to Haiti often. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the situation in Haiti is is pretty terrible, to be mm, honest. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about that later. But instead of going, so I went the first time and we realized that like, for me to go back would cost a few thousand dollars. Right. And they don't need me there. I'm not teaching them how to stitch. Right. I'm not teaching them any, it would be really just me being there for my own yeah. self. Yeah. And David and I agreed. Well, what if instead of we took the money that say you were going to take one trip a year, we took that money and we bonus the stitchers. Oh, wow. And we send the Christmas. So then again, I go to my investors, AKA my mom and dad. <laughs> and I say, Hey guys, I know that I haven't paid you back anything on these loans, <laughs> but I am thinking, guess what? I could give you this money back, which would make a small dent in your investment with me. Mm-hmm. Or, I could send that money to Haiti to my team to surprise them for Christmas and make their year. And again, my parents said, you're right. That's the right thing to do. And so the first year it came out of like my investor district, like what I should have been paying back to them to pay off these loans. Right. Um, And then now it's just a part of like how I do business and I'm able to like cover it myself. But so we bonus our team every year Mm -hmm. um, for Christmas. And it's, I don't know. I, I love it. I love that. That's, that's part of like, 
treating our people like people. Mm, totally. And even for, for David to say, oh yeah, those are hard. And you're like, what the heck? People's fingers are bleeding. We don't have to do that anymore. I mean, just even the mentality of that and, and you being able to step in and not only provide jobs for so many women, but, but even to be such a great source of encouragement to the team of like, we're not doing that. And by the way, here's a Christmas bonus. And thank you for working with me. I love what you just shared too, because I think a lot of times when I see entrepreneurs or women like yourself with well-established businesses, um, and there is a fair trade element, you do think like, oh, well, how often do you really need to be there is is what my mind is processing. Because I think, yes. oh, it would be so fun. Yeah, you get to know these people, blah, blah. But it's like, no, if that money can be resourced elsewhere. And I love too how you've been sharing kind of the investment pieces and how you've been able to move money around in a way that's been appropriate, correct for the timing, um, and then great for your investors to be able to say, yeah, we want these people to enjoy working for us and they do great work. So everything you're saying, I'm like totally tracking with you. And it's just so, yeah, it's just so fun to, to kind of unpack. Um, and just to clarify, David is a native Haitian, correct? No, David's from Michigan. Oh, I'm sorry, David. (laughs) So David, no, but David would laugh. So David is from Michigan. He went to University of Colorado at Boulder, studied political science, lived in Ecuador, um, and he started in the Dominican and started the school. He realized that boys with, um, are, Children with single parents were most likely to drop out of school oh, wow. because they were either getting jobs or they were moving between, you know, like different relatives. Wow. And so the Needlepoint business started because he randomly got an email about a Needlepoint belt and he realized they were expensive Wow! and they were handmade. And he was like, this is something a woman could do from her home. So his team, his then cook, they learned how to stitch on YouTube. They oh watched YouTube my. videos. And this is, David was 24 oh. and he's a bro. Oh like you'll see David, God. like- David is a total bro. I love him. Um, But people were surprised. You know, like he's covered in tattoos. Like he's just not what you expect. So David started this and now he is, so he has four adopted Haitian children. He has one child of his own with his wife who is Haitian. Oh my Um, God. He's just like a good guy, but he speaks English, French, Spanish, and Creole. Oh my gosh. Okay. He learned all those languages. He went in with like high school Spanish and he's learned them all since being there. He's just, he's brilliant. He's just a very, very smart person. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this. I want him to know that I'm saying this or not. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, we'll see if he wanted to be a a native Haitian in in my mind, but, but it sounds like he would love that. Well, it just goes to show too, Kate, um, that you're able to hone in and find those folks that are going to have the, the ability to have longevity. And I think that's such a great reminder for my listeners. You don't know necessarily who may come into your life as you're stepping out and starting a business, um, but look for those people that you connect with. It's obvious that, that Kate, that was the situation for you guys. And now look at what you all have created. And um, it's just really amazing to think. It's it's cool for me to think like, okay, whatever I step into next, who's going to come out of the woodwork that might be a great addition to the team. And it's cool to think that, that you were able to find that so early on. Now tell me this, cause you mentioned the first year you guys sold 633 stockings, um, and you're set for insane numbers this year. <laughs> um, what did it look like? Because it sounds like you were always confident that, that these stockings were going to take off and I think when, when we hear that and when we see what you've done, I don't know if I would have had the same confidence. Like even, you know, your sales, are, is there a seasonal element to them? I mean, unpack a little bit maybe of as to how you got out to those first customers. What, what did that look like? 
so starting like you know, we can we can all relate to starting something and being like, is this silly? Like I have to tell people, people mm. ask me what I do for a living. And I go, I sell miniature stockings. And, <laughs> and people always like, it. they either look at me blankly or they're like, oh my God, I've heard of you. Oh. So so it's like, I have two, but at first everyone looked at me like I was crazy. And like, I pitched it to my friends. And of course I have my friends that are always diehard. Like, Kate, I know you're going to crush it. I know this is, this is what you've got. But, mm. but a lot of people look at you with side eyes and I had a lot, I feel like men were quicker to be like, that's a crazy idea. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Maybe they're, they just wrapping their head around. It was different. Um, so starting out, like I launched on the floor of America's Mart in July of 2018 and we got picked up by 30 stores, which when you you look at it, you're like 30 stores is actually, it's pretty good for the first year and it's been hard. So the first year I was just for mom. So it's a lot harder sell, right? Because mom is the one shopping and mom's not just going to buy this miniature stocking for herself and hand it to her family and then then say, put a gift in it. But when we opened it up to be for everybody, because that's what a lot of people were doing. They were throwing out my card that I had so thoughtfully made that went inside of it. They're throwing it out and giving it to their girlfriend or baby or whomever. When we opened it up, suddenly mom could buy one for brother, sister, mom, dad, whomever. Wow. Grandma. Um, so that really opened up. And now I've had to re-educate those 30 first stores. Yes. The, the, the 30 that came in the first year are the hardest ones for me to be like, no, 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 I changed. We changed <laughs> everything. Um, oh my God. So don't ever feel like, that's one of my messages to, to new businesses. Like mm. if you feel like you've missed an opportunity in year one, trust me, that opportunity will come back around wow. and you'll be more prepared for it and have a better pitch. Wow. So I don't ever look at like year one, the losses that I, that I thought I missed then or I struck out or whatever. Um, they've all come back around mm. and it's been a better opportunity. So, mm. um, so getting to where we are now, I mean, a lot of things have happened. 2020 happened. Yeah which like I was on a slow, like 2018 was just getting my feet wet. 2019, I was on the road for all of Christmas. Like I was at every junior league show I could get into, <laughs> um, just selling as hard as I could. Yeah. Um, and then 2020 hit, uh, we, we had in March before everything was going down, they were about to ship me all of my stockings for the year. And then I found out that my team was going to lose their jobs. Like, so David calls me to arrange the last shipment Wow. and he said, well, after we ship this to you, um, we're going to lay off about 70% of the women. Mm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Because I didn't have any money because I'd already paid him. Yeah. I didn't have any need for inventory because I'd bought 20% more than the year before. Wow. And uh, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. And there aren't jobs at McDonald's there. Yeah. Um, so they would suffer. And that's what David said. That was his like, he wasn't trying to guilt trip me. Yeah. He was just saying like, they're going to suffer. It's Haiti. I ended up selling in March and April. I sold all the inventory I had just purchased and had made for BOGO. Buy one, get one free. I actually thought we were going to ruin the company. I thought I was just like, I was, oh, it was awful. It was like the worst, (laughs) it was the worst time in my life, but I just, I needed to solve the problem. And maybe that goes back to how I end up being the COO everywhere. Mm. It's like, if there is a problem, I'm going to solve it. I will risk everything Mm. for other people. Like I, I just... I, I can't imagine other people suffering and I could have helped. Mm. Um, but luckily Instagram, the power of Instagram and influencers mm. and people just heard what was happening and they helped and, and, and we bounced back. We sold, we sold enough to not only save everyone's job, wow. but to hire 250 more people. Wow. And so we turned it around. Yes. Yeah, so it was 108. They, we were about to lay off 70 and then our 70% of that. And then, we um we bounced back and we had 350 employees by the end of the year. 
Oh my gosh. Now, how, I'm so intrigued because one friendly reminder to everyone is if we need it, that's the year of a global pandemic, um, that people were potentially more frugal. W- what was in your say? Are you running around and just selling like crazy? Is I mean, are, are you having influencers kind of communicate in July about Christmas? Like, that well, so is- the BOGO started it. So when they knew that what I was doing, because I got on Instagram stories and I just cried. Like I was like, I don't yeah. know how to help these women. Yes. And I'm going to sell my entire inventory at half price. Yeah. And like buy one, get one and buy. And, and people did. People bought. And as soon as they received them in the mail, they bought more because they realized they were worth $85. Wow. Like, yeah. Um, like my, my product, I keep pretty slim margins because it's fair trade, but I think that 85 is just a really good price point. So yeah. my margins are not traditional. Like most people would like, but I, if I were to sell them in traditional markets, I should be selling them for like $115. Right. Um, so selling them at Bogo, that was a, it was a very um, risky game to play with fire, um, but it saved everyone's job. So it was, it was successful. But then I think, and David will say it, like, it's good to have God on your side. Mm-hmm. Like people see where your heart is when you do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so many people since then have been like, I want to help you. And a lo- most of those BOGO buyers have purchased since and they'll wow. purchase at full price because they know they're worth it. Wow. Um, so it was, it was a great thing. And then my PR company, LBH PR Co, um, mm. out of St. Simons, they joined me. I think we launched with them April, maybe May 1st of 2020. Wow. And they started talking to influencers. And that team, just if anybody's looking for a PR team, I love my PR company. Oh, that's um, amazing. But they just support women-owned businesses. I mean, that's their their main draw, I guess. Yeah. And, and they just got me in touch with all of these influencers who aren't charging us necessarily. They, they just hear our story and they say, how can I help? Wow. Um, so I, I, I think that's where my first, I don't know if you would call them my first hire because they weren't like in my office, but they were my first big investment in other people helping me and they've been worth it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Everything that you're saying, it, it, it all adds up so amazingly. And I love so many things that you just said, but the thing that's really sticking out to me is just that you would share, that you were able to share with your customers. This is what's happening. This is what we're looking to do. And the fact that not only did you save everybody's jobs, but I think you just shared, you added like 200 that year. <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away, Kate. And, and there's so much in your personality. I'm just like, this girl does not stop, but in the best way, in the best way I can really sense that about you. Um, and gosh, it's kind of rubbing off on me and listener. I know it's rubbing off on you as well. It's like, let's go, let's do this. Um, I love that kind of, it's almost, it feels a little bit like a, but in the most positive way of a fight in you, that's just like, no, this isn't good enough. We're going to keep going. We're going to save these people's jobs. Um, and wow, what compassion you have. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, you can tell I'm, I'm loving. Well, that's so kind yeah. of you. So David has a tattoo that I found. Um, I like was Facebook stalking him like the night <laughs> after, after, um, after I found them on, on, uh, on Google. Yeah. And I had to like zoom in. Like I don't have any tattoos, so I'm super fascinated in what people choose to get tattooed on them. Totally. Like it has to mean something, right? Yes. And so he has this tattoo on his chest and I zoomed in and it, it it's the words, words are nice, actions are useful. Mm. And seeing that, that has played in my head so much in doing this job and, and kind of like where the BOGO comes from and where kind of like our drive happens is mm. like... I can talk all, and I am, I'm a big talker. I can talk all day long, but at the end of the day, actions are what is going to make the difference. Hmm. 
And that's something you can put into your, even your everyday life of, you know, oh, hey, how can I help you friend that's going through something that's troubling or challenging and they're, oh, no, nothing, no worries. But then it's like, well, wait a second. Okay. What's going to be something I can do? What's an action item here that's going to be useful and helpful to them and to that relationship. And and even within the theme of your business, the holidays um, and, and looking out and instead of just words, instead of just, you know, a Christmas card or whatnot, what about action? How can we how can we be the hands and feet uh, going out and and really taking gosh just the love of of even what your company brings the joy the happiness the the hope of the holidays that you get to experience really all year round with bobble stocking um, how can we do that and and make those actions be useful wow um, well within this same theme because these are some awesome takeaways. Uh, I'd love to know, could you perhaps tell us um, what is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh, that's a good question. It might be what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have learned that as one person, you can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything grand, but everyone has a role that they can play and you can choose you can choose if your actions are going to make the world a better place. Mm. And I love how many people have joined. And 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 maybe the other thing is to ask. Nothing, mm. none of my business would be possible without asking for help. Mm. And even talking to you right now, like this is ama- like this is amazing. And you're sharing your light with me, mm. and I appreciate that so much. And that's really how my company has been able to grow. And, wow. and it wouldn't be possible if you didn't just ask. And and mm. you're gonna. Honestly, you're going to get told no sometimes, <laughs> but, but, but that's right. And I've been ignored many times where people just act like they didn't see my DM. Yes. <laughs> too. Um, but, but you just, you've got to ask because so many women and men are willing to share their light with you. Mm. Um, and it's, it's worth it. It's worth possibly embarrassing yourself because it's never as embarrassing as you think it will be. Oh. That last sentence is so true. It is never as embarrassing as you think it's going to be. Whatever the nightmare is that you've created in your mind, it's not going to be that bad. Uh, And again, just another pause, pause the episode, rewind a little bit and listen to what Kate just shared because that was awesome and and just right on point. I'm going to be pausing and rewinding later on when I hear this prompt. Oh my goodness. Well, Kate, the, the fun thing um, that I've, I already knew about you, but now having been able to talk to you, I can see it's true. Um, you, you always have something coming up. You've always got something around the corner. Can you tell us perhaps what's next for you? Oh my goodness. The next big event is I'm going to New York City. Uh-huh. To Saks on Fifth Avenue, like Saks Fifth Avenue, the original, and I am hosting a luncheon with Nikki Hilton and Stacey Bendit oh. from Alice and Olivia. Oh <laughs> my gosh. And you just reminded me in the intro, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to add this because this is insane. This is a collaboration that you did with Nikki and Alice and Olivia. I mean, these are amazing. Nikki did five stockings working with uh, Brooke from Thorne Alexander, who's a famous needlepoint artist. Mm-hmm. And Nikki, Nikki's just like the hardest working woman in Hollywood. I, or I guess I should say in New York. Yeah. Um, and then and Nikki went, w- one-upped it and said, let me introduce you to my best friend, Stacy, who wow. is the CEO um, and founder of Alice and Olivia. And so then suddenly we got to do this cool Stace face, which is like their logo, person, like personality on a stocking. Oh, and my we're doing gosh. her charity. And she's been, the two of them have just come full force and sharing their light with us. Wow. Yeah. And that came from me having the guts to 
DM Nikki after Nikki and I had been talking back and forth about other stuff. I had, I asked her, Wow! I just said, would you design a bobble stocking for me? And she did me one better and designed five. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, what a tangible takeaway to kind of the greatest lesson and what you were just sharing. Why not just ask you guys, because that's insane. And you, you two are incredible. I mean, the fact that you both are, are moving forward and doing this together, I'm like, ah. so we'll all, we'll stay tuned. We'll be looking for just photos and what an amazing event. That's probably one of the most exciting what's next for you that I've gotten on. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Well, Kate, tell me this. Is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to? There's so many things that I love. And I guess I love our guest artists. Mm. Our guest artists, I would not be here. Just like I said about you sharing your light with us, our guest mm. artists who come in and do their designs in exchange for 10% of the profits going to their charity of choice. Mm. Um, they have really made our collection so beautiful. Mm. And just my gratitude towards everyone who chooses to work with us in that way. Last year, we were able to give $30,000 to charity. Wow. This year, it should be more. Um, oh. <laughs> and again, I, I just can't express how grateful I am for everyone who has made Bobble Stockings possible. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, so well said. And it's been amazing too, as you're mentioning your artist and the different collaborations you have coming up and, and just the theme of networking in your life is, is really highlighting, uh, just, just who you are. I mean, obviously, uh, compassionate and, and love, lover of people and, and lover of connecting. So anyways, this is going to be a fun question to hear your thoughts. And it's one I always love to ask, but who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story? Stacy. Bend it. There you go. <laughs> bring, in, bring in the founder of Alice and Olivia. She uh, is amazing. Um, she's very creative and clever. And I just, I'm so in awe of her being willing to work with us. Wow. Yes. Oh, well, and likewise, I, I too would be in awe with a conversation with her. So you all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with Stacy And Kate, we've been teasing it. Many of you are already following Bobble Stocking. You guys may have even purchased one during this call. Well, Kate, tell us this. Where can listeners connect with you? Find me on Instagram at Bobble Stockings with an S on the end. Um, and our website is www.bobblestockings.com. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you again for your time today. This has been such a treat. And listener, I know you've enjoyed as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. We will talk to you soon. Bye.